2: Broadcasting from the Cruise Radio studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio.
0: Hey, I'm Matt Bassford. And I'm Doug Parker. Check us out online at cruiseradio.net.
1: We're going to get a ship review from one of our old friends, Jim Work, who sailed aboard the Celebrity
0: Solstice out of Australia. I like old Jim. We saw him, what, in Bahamas a couple of years ago? Yep. Good guy. He bought, bought us, us beers beer. yep. and uh, the hard rock. <laughs> also, so he's our friend now. Yeah. Also on this show, just like the president does the State of the Union Address every year, CLIA, which is the Cruise Lines International Association, does their state of the industry. President and CEO Christine Duffy will join us and give us all the takeaways from that. But
1: first, Stuart, you're on the cruise, guys. Hello, Stuart.
0: Hey, Matt. Hey, Doug. Holland America recently celebrated their
1: 15th anniversary of Half Moon Cay and recently introduced two-story villas, cabanas on the private island. Tell us about the changes, Stuart.
2: Well, what's what's amazing, Matt and Doug, is that you know the cruise lines often tout themselves, or they may over be over dramatic about some of the features that, that they make. In this case, Holland America is underscoring the significance of what it is that uh, they're providing their passengers because it's actually it's unprecedented, and really it, it could be a game changer. Because what they're doing is they're offering not a one story, you know, uh, not a one story, but a two story beach villa. Nice. On one of the most beautiful private islands that is offered by any of the cruise lines. I mean, I'm talking powder white sand and beautiful, uh, you know, Atlantic Ocean seas there that uh, is reminiscent of something of an island you'd find uh, in the Southern uh, Caribbean. But I mean, these are, these are these are incredible structures. They're two stories, and each of these villas, Matt and Doug, are going to have their own five-person Hot tub. So on none of the private islands do they have any hot tubs or pools.
0: My question is, how much is said villa going to cost?
2: Doug, what they're doing is they're going to be charging $500 and, let's say $550 will be their retail price. I mean, they may have discounts here and there, but that will accommodate up to eight people.
0: Let me ask you this. I know Carnival uses Half Moon Cay. Is that available to Carnival passengers or just Holland America?
2: a good question. Right now, Holland America is the only one that is that is touting it right now. Maybe it may be available to the carnival passengers at some other point, but I think Holland America, it's their island, and they want to get the mileage out of this.
0: Very cool. Norwegian Cruise Lines announced they're going to base two ships in Europe year-round in 2014. Now, is that big for Europe with their economic state?
2: Well, the North American... Lines, Doug. Uh, you know Royal Caribbean, and uh, the, you know they they have uh, you know some ships based in Europe year-round. This will be the first time that and NCL has had a you know uh, a ship based out there for several years now. Um, but this will be uh, the first time that NCL actually deploys two uh, you know, ships out to uh, Europe, and so it's not only is it going to be Norwegian Jade in the 2014-2015 season, but they're also going to deploy uh, Norwegian Spirit. Hmm. Uh, out uh, to the region so it's it's a big increase for them, but uh, you know they're they're trying to i mean they're continuing to uh, increase their um, exposure and you know of course you know year round you you've also got m s d and Costa out in Europe as well, so it's not like there's not going to be plenty of business sure and it's just another way for you know ncl to uh, broaden uh, their, their reach into the foreign markets.
1: Carnival unveiled video of what Carnival Sunshine will look like and the new features. She leaves Miami pretty soon, right? I think it's for uh, February 4th?
2: Yeah, uh, I believe uh, you know, the beginning of February is her last sailing as Carnival Destiny before she uh, heads off to the shipyard to be, I mean, completely transformed. And, you know, we we hear, Doug, And, Matt, you know, so often do the cruise lines, they talk about, well, we're going to change the carpet. We may change the wallpaper, maybe some window dressings. Um, We're going to put in some flat-screen TVs, and, you know, that's the refurbishment. Sure. (laughs) Um, You know, here, uh, Carnival's doing $155 million into this one ship. And, you know, to see what they've done, I mean, I certainly recommend people go to uh, cruiseradio.net and look for the video because the animation... Of the mm-hmm. transformation is there, and it's mind-boggling. It almost looks like a new ship, which I guess is exactly why they're changing the name of the ship from Destiny to Carnival Sunshine when uh, she reemerges, because she is going to have just about every amenity found on the newest Carnival Dream Class ships.
0: I like the fact that they have a three-story Serenity area with a, a, a waterfall, a waterfall on a cruise ship.
2: Yeah, amazing. It's pretty cool. Yeah, they're, they're going to be doing some things that are just going to amaze you, and it's, it's amazing with the technology.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to see Carnival Sunshine. Windstar Cruises returns to the South Pacific after a 12-year hiatus. Now, is that big for the line? And speaking of Windstar, is there bankruptcy behind them?
2: Those are all very good questions, Doug. Uh, First of all, they are going to be returning to Pepe Tahiti in the summer of 2014, and it will be the first time that they've sailed from Tahiti uh, since 2002. This is single-handedly the most requested itinerary from Windstar's past passengers.
1: Speaking of South Pacific, looks like prices to Hawaii are going up. Is demand causing that?
2: Well, I mean, demand is, of course, the major reason for pricing going up and down. And NCL, for example, is doing phenomenally well on their seven-night Hawaii cruises from Honolulu. I mean, one, you've got 85 hours in port. They don't have to go to a foreign port within seven days. And, I mean, their prices are up about $300 per person. From where they were a year ago And demand is just skyrocketing Alright, thank you Stuart Hey, pleasure guys And I'll uh, talk next week Cruise Radio News Now trending at cruiseradio.net oh, no. This is Cruise Radio
1: For over 42 years Park West Gallery has introduced Over 1.3 million people to fine art Here's what actual customers are saying
3: I've been collecting with Park West 5, 6 years now
0: They have coverage in all three categories that make it easy to find the right insurance plan for your budget.
1: You know what defines great customer service? actually being able to talk to a human being, and they do that at TripInsurance.com. They are committed to great customer service with 24-7 telephone support before, during, and after your trip. You can also file claims online right on their website, and they keep you posted of any travel alerts that could affect your travels or safety at your destination. Check them out right now, TripInsurance.com. CLIA had their state of the industry address today and joining us now is the president and CEO of CLIA, Christine Duffy. Christine, welcome to Cruise Radio.
3: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, I'm just curious, where are you based? Where are you, where are you right now?
3: Well, today I am in New York City, and then uh, Sunday I'll be heading off to Australia, and the week after that I'll be heading over to Europe. So Your,
1: your life is horrible.
3: <laughs> well, you know, somebody's got to do it.
1: Well, for the listeners who don't know what CLIA is, please tell us.
3: Well, CLIA is the world's largest uh, cruise association we represent today. 55-member cruise lines, and with the addition uh, of some of uh, the new associations we've added to the CLIA umbrella in Australia and the UK and Ireland, we're now pushing upwards of 17,000 travel agent and agency members around the world.
1: CLIA announced today the expansion of resources in European markets. What exactly does that mean?
3: Well, the reality is the European market has been growing for quite some time and the cruise industry had an association that was established there in Brussels seven, eight years ago. In addition, we've had a uh, strong cruise association that's been operating for many years in the UK that was operating under the name of Passenger Shipping Association, uh, which was an association along with ferry members. What we've now announced is really a globalization where all of these cruise associations that have been operating independently now come under the CLIA, umbrella using CLIA name in a unified structure.
1: Are we seeing a continued growth in river cruising in Europe and here in the United States?
3: River cruising is actually the fastest growing segment of the cruise industry. We have got lots of uh, River Cruise Line members now that belong to CLIA. We have lots of new ship builds and new itineraries operating in Europe. In the U.S. and even in Asia and Africa, so we see river cruise as a, a very uh, exciting segment of growth for the cruise industry.
0: We talked to writers like Nancy Shredder from the Family Travel Network, and everything we're hearing is that multi-generational cruising is exploding. Is your research showing that too?
3: Absolutely. I think you know the reality today is a lot of children uh, don't live in the same place where they grew up. And you've got the baby boomers who uh, who love to cruise and see cruise as a great way to bring their families together in a vacation experience that offers something for everyone, no matter how many generations they may have uh, Uh, on board.
1: Very well. Any final thoughts for our listeners of Cruise Radio about the state of the cruise industry?
3: You know, I think we're really excited to say that this year we really see the industry coming into its own as a global industry. The new uh, work that we're doing together with cruise associations around the world and with the opportunity, therefore, to educate travel agents uh, around the world on the benefits and value of a cruise holiday is uh, very exciting for CLEA and the cruise industry.
1: She is the president and CEO of CLIA, Christine Duffy. Thank you so much for being with us on Cruise Radio. Thanks for
3: having me. Have a great day. Stream us worldwide on our free iPhone
0: app. Just search Cruise Radio Live in your app store.
1: It's been a while since we've talked to this gentleman. I think uh, 2011 was the last time. Yeah, I think
0: February 2011, Jim was on Oceana Marina. Was that right? Correct. That's correct.
1: Yes. For their uh, christening
4: inaugural cruise.
1: He is Jim Work, owner of Cruise Holidays Luxury Cruise Counselors. Welcome back to Cruise Radio, Jim.
4: Thanks, guys. Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Matt. Uh, You just
1: took, it actually was your first trip to Australia, but it was a 12 night, is that right?
4: 12 nights, yeah. Uh, January 4th through January 16th on the Celebrity Solstice. uh,
0: From Auckland to Sydney. Correct. Very, Very nice. January. First off, Jim, tell us about getting to New Zealand.
4: Okay. Uh, you're, in, you're
0: in Virginia, is that right?
4: Yeah, just outside of Washington, D.C., so we've got uh, two major airports from which we can fly. Uh, so uh, on, on uh, New Year's Day, I uh, got myself on a flight uh, from Washington to Los Angeles, which was approximately about five hours. Not bad. Uh, the, the, that was the uh, the cross-country U.S. trip, and so you're thinking, wow, a five-hour trip, that uh, that's a long time. But then you have to uh, board yourself on a plane in Los Angeles, which I did, was with uh, Air New Zealand, which is an f- amazing, fabulous airline, by the way. And uh, uh, another 14 hours later, you fly and land into Auckland.
0: Good Lord. Yeah,
4: and, and the great thing is you, I lost all of January 2nd. Yeah, so we crossed the international date line, so I had no January second.
0: Wow! Please tell me you did some kind of pre-cruise activity there and didn't just board the ship.
4: No, not at all. Okay, we, uh, good. You know, I, w- I was fortunate because uh, I went with uh, nine others. We led a group down under, and uh, so we had a day uh, full. The very first day we landed on January third, uh, we checked into our hotel, and then we met with our uh, our private guide who did us on. Uh, a really a, probably a full day wine tour so you know after not sleeping real well on the plane we we had yeah. the rest of the day so it was kind of nice
1: i was gonna say i do i would want to do nothing but nap
4: all day you know the great thing is though um... you know i encourage everybody to stay awake because you know the hardest part is adjusting to the time schedule. you know the time change Right. Bigger, new figure new zealand is a full day ahead but they're going to be six hours so basically a full eighteen hours ahead in, in time so I wanted to try to get everybody on that, you know, push them that very first day so that when they were sleep, they went to sleep at night, they would get up the next morning and be pretty close to the time change. So, and it worked out well.
0: So when you got up the next day and went to Celebrity Solstice, how was the embarkation?
4: The embarkation was seamless, it was prob- and I was, I was dreading it, because this is probably one of the larger ships that, that I've been on, personally. You know, I'm one of those small ship guys. You know, the Oceana yeah. Marina is much smaller than, than the 2,800-passenger Celebrity Solstice. Right. But, you know, they made it really easy. Uh, the Australian uh, check-in process was, was was pretty clean. You know, we had to fill out the, the normal paperwork saying that we, were, we weren't sick and didn't have any issues. Uh, you know, also, I have to admit, we went in the afternoon, so we kind of avoided a lot of the, the big lines. But it took 15 minutes, and we were already on the ship, and our rooms are ready. So you can't beat that. There's something to be said about going with no crowds.
1: It was nice and smooth despite your massive Chardonnay headache.
4: (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) How are the public areas?
4: You know, public areas for a ship that is, you know, a few years old, uh, they've held up very well. Of course, you know, we we were a lush, and we ended up going to different venues to have pre-dinner cocktails and listen to this group and and, and this band and... um, there's a lot of venues on the Celebrity Solstice. I think that's probably one of the big pluses uh, that these new Solstice-class ships have is the fact that you never feel like you're on a passenger ship with 2,800 people. Right. Um, we, I like the fact that you know, if I didn't want to he- hear one venue one night, I could go to another venue another night, and, and it, it's nice to have that. Uh, and the ship shows very well. Like I said, the the age of the ship and uh, being only a couple years, you would swear the ship was was just maybe a year or two too old.
0: What did you think about the staterooms on there?
4: I mean, I like my stateroom. You know, I I was lucky because the guests that went with me, we booked everything from an aqua class to a regular uh, a veranda, mm-hmm. uh, ocean view, and an interior. So I got to see all of the different staterooms and. I took an inside, and I loved it because I was down this little tiny corridor, this hallway where only four rooms were located. Right. So it was quiet. You never heard a thing. Uh, the room was uh, was very spacious for me. Uh, sailing by myself, you know, I kind of like having that uh, larger room than normal. So totally. I think their their rooms in general are larger than, than most uh, other cruise lines of the same size ship.
0: The main dining room is kind of nice looking aboard Celebrity Solstice, if I remember correctly.
4: You know what the dining room is very beautiful, you know a celebrity's known for its outstanding service, and you know they lived up to that reputation. Uh, the service in the dining room was stellar, never missed a beat my My glass never went empty uh, they were more than hospitable to get me anything that I wanted. Some of the specialty restaurants were phenomenal. Uh, we ate at the Tuscan Grill, my favorite restaurant by far uh, also ate at Murano. and Tuscan Grill was my favorite
3: by far.
0: <laughs> Isn't there an Asian fusion restaurant on solstice? there is. Um, I'm a real picky person, so I'm not uh-huh. a real big Asian uh, meal. But I did have some guests that went
4: there and also were wowed by that. So, you know, my recommendation is if you have a chance to do a specialty restaurant on the Solstice Class ship, do it.
0: And you, like uh, Marano, that would be like French cuisine, right? You could get almost anything you
4: wanted in Marano, which is kind of nice. Um, it's a higher quality selection of food that, that's, that they serve in their standard dining room. So, you know, the, the steaks that you would get are, are premium steaks, and uh, I'm a mean potatoes guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, Do they have the dining packages there where you can get like five restaurants with a 30 pre, uh, 33% discount and stuff it like that?
4: And, that? and that's a nice plus. And actually, I had a couple of my clients that took advantage of that. Um, you know, any time that you can have a savings on board, or any cruise that you're on is a plus. Um, and not just the, the the meal packages, like the specialty restaurant meal packages, but you know, like their their wine packages are so comprehensive, and their alcohol packages, I think they're of very good value, and, uh, you know, I encourage a lot of my guests to take advantage of those on board.
1: Tell us about the entertainment, Jim.
4: You know, it's funny that you ask, because my group was fortunate enough to get a backstage tour, and not just a standard backstage tour. We got a tour of every single room that was available backstage, and uh, Ricky, who was part of the entertainment staff, uh, did a great job. Um, and then the performances they had, you know, um, I mean, just they're really, really good. And, and these guys, you know, we got to meet a lot of them and hang out with them. And, you know, they've got some pretty extensive backgrounds to the level of training that they've had. Uh, and then when they, you know, they showed us one of their, their backstage rehearsals and, uh, Talk about grueling. Uh, yeah. They put a lot of hours in. I don't think most people realize that, that their talent just isn't a given. They have to work hard to, to perform. And, you know, Celebrity has invested a lot of money into uh, upgrading their entertainment. You know, now they're, they're, they're putting, like, these trapeze acts and, and hanging acts in their shows. Yeah. On, a sh- on a ship that's moving a whole lot, <laughs> like we did across the Tasman Sea, that was pretty amazing uh, what they're able to do. But uh, they're a class act, absolute class act.
0: Yeah, it takes a lot of skill to do that. It sure Um, does. I know that a lot of these premium lines, like when we were in Alaska, uh, Holland America had these enrichment speakers point out, All the uh, what are they called naturalists?
4: They did. We actually had a we had a naturalist on board, uh, especially because we went through the the sounds um, uh, on on the bottom of the South Island, New Zealand. We went through Dusky Sound, Doubtful Sound, and Milford Sound, and and this this naturalist helped a lot of us explain exactly what we were seeing. Uh, You know, some of the rock formations, some of uh, you know some of the, the the Marine life and the wildlife that is in that region, uh, you know we were blessed because and this kind of sounds strange, but the weather was really overcast and rainy, and you know typically, when you have really nice weather you don 't get to see all the water, uh, waterfalls off the side of the mountain and, and the, the, the gorges fill up but. Uh, we were lucky because, I mean, you'd look everywhere and there'd be water just pouring, cascading down these mountainsides. And he said that was a real treat because typically on a lot of cruises that he's been on, it's just been cloudy weather with no rain and you don't get to see as much. So, um, you know, we were very fortunate.
0: Very cool. So you wake up, you're in Sydney, Australia, and how was disembarkation? Was it pretty organized? I mean, for the most
4: part, it was. The, the, here's the cool thing about this particular trip because there were so many Australians. This is the first cruise I ever was on that there were not more uh, North Americans – than international. There were more Australians than there were international, uh, North American internationals. So a lot of those folks, because they were doing the overnight, they left early the day before. They, they nice. were off the ship. So our embarkation was great. It was a breeze. Within like less than five minutes, we were off the ship, had our luggage, and were already
0: out. Man, those Australians can party too. Yeah, they can. They certainly can. <laughs> they can kick them back. Um, any first time tips for folks going over to Australia to maybe catch a cruise? Sure, you know
4: I mean one thing I recommend is you know, um, you know trying to keep yourself up awake long you know and the flight over there is pretty long, you know and most people always cringe at saying, "Oh gosh, thirteen fourteen hour flight i just don 't think I can do it. you know you can do it uh, you know you, you, you get a little bit of rest on the plane, but you keep yourself up right away um, and don 't overpack you know i mean it's like the worst thing you can do is is try to try to pack more than what you need and trying to lug all that heavy luggage around. Um, there is a distance between the ports and the airports in both uh, Australia and in New Zealand for those airports. But, you know, my first time tips would be, you know, take advantage of the laundry service on board. You know, yeah, it may cost you a little bit, but, but don't ever it's pack worth It's worth it. It's not worth it. You mm-hmm. want to bring some of those great little souvenirs home, and, and your luggage needs to be underweight.
1: The laundry's worth it. They're worth the cost for sure. It certainly is. He is the owner of Cruise Holidays Luxury Cruise Counselors out of Alexandria, Virginia. Jim Work, thank you so much for the info as always.
4: Hey guys, and you know, if anybody wants to read up on this, like I said, you know, we, we've got this out there on Twitter. Uh, we've done a, you know, a daily account of this trip on luxurycruiselines.blogspot.com. If people want to read up about this, or we did a whole Facebook thing uh, by searching on Facebook, uh, Cruise Holidays, Luxury Cruise Counselors. They can find out all about this trip and, and plan on doing it themselves one day.
0: Yeah, we'll definitely link to
1: the, uh, all your good stuff there, Jim. All right, guys. All right, that's going to do it. Don't forget, we have our iPhone app, which is now free for iPhone users, still only 99 cents for the Droid users.
0: Also, subscribe to our cruise news updates at cruiseradio.net. Just put your email in the box in the upper right-hand corner. From the Cruise Radio Studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Matt Bassford. And I'm Doug Parker. And
1: this is Cruise Radio. Thanks for listening to Cruise Radio. For information on how your company can reach over 100,000 travel enthusiasts a week, email sales at cruiseradio.net. Find Cruise Radio on iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Just search Cruise Radio. I'm your announcer!